0: Hello everyone and inside today's episode of Lockdown Canadians we're going to talk three up three down as we do every Monday and also we're going to take a look at the Rocket as they have made their first round of cuts to or have made their first round of cuts to Rocket Camp. We're going to take a look at some of the interesting names there and who we should expect a lot of and that's all up inside today's show Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 697 of a Lockdown Canadians. We are your daily Montreal Canadiens podcast found wherever you listen to us, whether that be Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, wherever. Thank you so much if you're tuning in there. If you're seeing just one face on the screen this week, if you're watching on YouTube, and make sure you subscribe there. Hit the bell so you get notified whenever we have new shows or go live like we've done in the past. I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Matla, and I am flying solo uh, as my co-host is away on business travel. So I have been entrusted with maintaining your favorite Montreal Canadiens podcast this week, which is a horrifying prospect when you get right down to it. But I promise you all, we're in very good hands. We got plenty of games this week. Uh, if you're listening to this on Monday morning, which you usually are on your way to work or on your way to the gym wherever you're doing that, the Habs play the Leafs tonight at 7 p.m. And then on Tuesday night, play the Ottawa Senators once again. So we have a very busy preseason coming up. And this week, going into the weekend, from the time we had our last show, the Canadians have begun making their big, big rounds of cuts. They've cut a good chunk of their uh, junior players back. Uh, Cedric Indon has already gone back to junior, uh, and then they cut uh, Joshua and Riley Kidney have both gone back to their QMJHL teams. And Joshua, in particular, has had a very good start for St. John the Sea Dogs once again. I believe he said a handful of goals in just two games played this week, and he picked up right where he left off. But, of course, those of you who know me from my work at Habs Eyes on the Prize and general Twitter space know I am here to talk to you about the Laval Rocket. And the big round of cuts the Canadians made at the end of last week was mainly to assign players to the AHL training camp, which opens Monday the 3rd, which is when you are listening to this, of course. And on that list was Peter Abandonado. Anthony Beauregard, Gabriel Bork, Lucas Condotta, Pierre Dubé, Ryan Francis, Cameron Hillis, Donick Martel, Jan Mieshek, Emile Poirier, Brennan Sonier, uh, Brett Stapley, and Joel Teasdale for the forwards. And a good chunk of those guys uh, are players on AHL contracts or are on professional tryouts in the case of Pierre Dubé, who was also with uh, the Canadiens at the rookie showcase here in Buffalo. There's no real surprises here. Maybe Jan Meshack, who I thought might stick around a little bit longer. But for the most part, these are guys that are on AHL deals and were expected mostly to make an impact on the Rocket offensively. Uh, on defense, it's Santino Centurame, Torre Dello, Gianni Fairbrother, Olivier Gallipo, Alex Green, John Parker Jones, Miguel Torini, William Trudeau, and in net is Philippe Rosier and Joe Verbatik. No one is on the injured list. There's no one else there. And I'm looking at this list, and for me, the like I said, one of the few names that I was surprised didn't stick around a little bit longer with how well they played in camp uh, was William Trudeau, who I thought has been very good since he started playing at the Rookie Showcase in Buffalo. His game doesn't have a flash and a sizzle element to it like you would see with the Matthias Norlinder or even like we've seen with Jack Eye or Justin Barron, and we'll talk a little bit about Justin Barron in the next segment here. But I thought the way that he played is a very composed, steady game, that he makes a lot of very mature and smart decisions with the puck. And I thought the Canadians might keep him around for another game or two. And he is eligible for an AHL contract because he will be an overager in the QMJHL this year, as is Miguel Torini, who I also think will be offered an AHL contract this year. And I don't know if Torini's going to stick with the Rocket. And if he goes to the Lions, I think he's going to be an absolute star there, quarterbacking their offensive side of things. And Torini is also someone I'm kind of surprised didn't get a run in the preseason here. The Canadians had all these bodies. And either, you know, they just wanted to test out some of their guys who are on NHL deals or they think are going to be a factor this year, which is understandable. And that's perfectly okay. Uh, I'm really interested to see what they do with this because the Rocket are going to have more guys coming down off this roster at some point plus trades or whatnot in the near future. I'm sure there are a lot of bodies here Uh, in net. They're set Uh, DeRozier and verbatic. That makes sense. They're going to be there. Uh, Kevin Poulin will likely come down at the end of camp. He is on an AHL only contract, so he won't be going anywhere. All uh, out of the other names here. Ones that I'm surprised might not have that didn't get a longer AHL or look or uh, at the NHL level in the preseason here. um, I, I look at someone like Brett Stapley who I think got a good run in uh, preseason or not preseason. The rookie showcase is someone I have a lot of hope for coming good in the near future. Uh, I talked about Jan Meshack, who I think had a very quiet but underrated uh, rookie tournament in Buffalo here. And I think he's going to be a really nice piece for the Rockets. He's not going to be a star right away. I don't even know if he's going to be a star, but I think he makes a lot of smart decisions, similar to what William Trudeau uh, does in that. Everything about it is just simple, and it's the right move. Um, out of all these names, Gabriel Bork and Donic Martel are the only two who played um, games in the preseason, I believe. I believe Candado might have gotten a game, but I was never anticipating him making a real push for the Canadiens roster here. And I look at this, and I, it looks like a team that is going to be very strong on paper in the AHL this year. And I think that's good news for Habs fans who have kind of been waiting for prospects to break in and fill in those three tiers. Because there are names here that could potentially end up in the ECHL. And that wouldn't be surprising. Brett Stapley could play in the ECHL. Someone like Emile Poirier, who uh, came over from the KHL. He was a former Flames draft pick. Is someone I think is going to make an impact at both levels. Cam Hillis again as well. Uh, and there's a name I ha- have an eye on. And is, I'm interested in this because he has been mentioned a ton by the Rocket PR. Uh, not PR. Social media team. And that's Ryan Francis. Um, uh, who's coming off a season in the QMJHL with St. John as well. He was a former Flames draft pick. They elected to not sign him. And now I'm very curious to see what he can do. He didn't wow me at the rookie showcase, but I know that there's a player there. I've talked to some of the scouting people and they like little bits of his game. And by the time you're listening to this, they'll probably have made more cuts probably Monday night after the game. But you are not here just for Rocket Talk. I know that you are all here for what everybody is looking forward to, and that is Monday's three up and three down, where we break down our three ups and our three downs of Habs, Habs Systems, the NHL, anything across the board on Monday. And we're going to start with our down segment, and that's all coming up in one moment. But first, the numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe Home Security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. I know because I use Simply Safe in my own home. They protect you with cutting-edge security technology powered by 24/7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. It's always great to have that bit of security, you know. Sometimes you might you, you just need that little bit. You go away for a while, you want to have that extra assurance that everything you have at home is well taken care of. And with 24-7 professional monitoring, SimpliSafe's agents call you the moment a threat is detected and will dispatch first responders in an emergency, even if you're not home or can't be reached. SimpliSafe blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras for inside and outside your home, and smarter ways to detect motion that only alert you when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, or other threats to your home. So right now, customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com/slash-lockdownnhl, and you're going to save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Just visit simplysafe.com/slash-lockdownnhl to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. We are back here at Lockdown Canadians. I am, of course, flying solo this week. I am Scott Matla, as you can see, as I put my name up here in the corner, because it is just me this week. Whether you like it or not, I hope you like it, because I like you just as a friend. But we are diving into now the three up and three down of this week. And without Laura here to like tell me that I'm being mean or that maybe I'm wrong in my analysis, I have never been wrong in my analysis, but... I want to start with the down here, and I'm going to start with two names that I think I have very good reasoning for why they're on this list, and not because I think they are bad players or that they are going to be busts or anything like that, and that they just need a little bit more seasoning and time to develop the skills that they have. My first down is going to be Uri Slavkovsky, and before you start yelling at me in the comments, I want to explain Kent Hughes. Uh, talked on a podcast this week saying he thought that Slavkovsky's preseason has been underwhelming. Nothing's played badly, and I do not think Slavkovsky has played badly. I think he is still an 18-year-old first overall draft pick navigating the best way to be efficient at the NHL level. And that takes time. It is not an easy thing. He's growing into a massive frame, learning how to play on smaller ice with different teammates in a different system than he has played before. I see a lot of glimpses of why I think he's going to be a very good player. And sometimes for a lot of things, it just takes that little nudge over the edge and everything just is kind of gravy after that point. And for Slavkovsky, I I see it a lot. I saw it at the rookie tournament. Once he stopped trying to play hero puck and used his hockey IQ a little bit more to read things, he makes a lot happen. He makes a lot happen with his reach and with his skating And he's still learning. And there might be some frustration when you're used to being as good as you are at hockey. When you're leading the Slovak team at the Olympics and uh, at the World Championships, and you are that guy and you have a confidence to you, not getting the results from the process you're putting in can be frustrating. He's only my down just because I know know he wants to score that goal. And I know Habs fans want him to score that goal because when he does – it's going to feel like 10,000 suns have come off his shoulders, his very large, broad shoulders. He is a gigantic child, and he's on here, and I don't expect him to be here for long because I think he's going to put everything together in short order. He's that good of a hockey player that I very much think he's going to get this done in short order here. So I would not worry about him. I think he's going to come good in the near future, which actually leads me now to my second down of the week, And this is one that I said this on Twitter uh, during the Senators game on Saturday night, and then he immediately kind of made me look dumb, but I am sticking to my guns here. Justin Barron should start the season with the Laval Rocket, not because I don't think he's a good player, because I think he has some warts in his game that have needed smoothing out and that I noticed at the rookie tournament and I have noticed so far through the preseason. He is an incredible skater. He is a very good shooter. In the offensive zone, he's able to make plays happen. He's able to play in transition. Positionally, he is sound. His decision-making on the puck under pressure leaves a bit to be desired at this point. If he has space to operate in, he is golden, as anyone should be uh, when playing the sport of hockey. But I look at Justin Barron right now and I go, there's more that I want out of this. And every now and then, he gets it all together, and it looks good defensively, and he makes the right reads. But every now and then, there there seems to be a little bit of a panic to his game, and I don't think that's what the Canadians want out of him. And he's expected to play a big role this year. If he goes to the Rocket, I don't think he's going to stay with the Rocket for long because, you know what, he's going to prove his worth here before too long. I think he's got the ability to be a power play option for the Canadians. I think he's got the ability to be a top four minute eater this year. He just has to mentally kind of work out some of the kinks in his game right now because he's pressured and he tends to just, you know, make an errant pass or force a play into somewhere and it ends up going in the other direction against him. And that's creating more trouble. I look at someone like Jordan Harris or even Arbor Jacki at this point who, seem a little bit more composed on the puck. And, you know, I get that Jordan Harris is a little bit older and that Jack, I, you know, has a little bit more physicality. He isn't afraid of taking the hit to make the play. Not that Justin Barron is, but I want to see a little bit more of that composure that some of these other defensive pieces have. And same could be said of Matthias Norleander as well. And that I think he has all the skills to put it together. There's just some little disconnects that happen that it's almost, I don't want to say it's a panic but it kind of feels that way a little bit. And I think that a little bit of seasoning in the AHL where going to go, you're going to play a lot of minutes. You're going to be on the top pair. You're going to be on the top power play. You're likely going to kill some penalties. You're going to be the three-on-three three option. You're going to be the four-on-four four option. You're going to be the pillar on defense here because it is still a rather you know up-and-down defense. There's some veterans. There's some young guys. There's going to be lumps there. And I would rather Justin Barron work his game out playing 22 minutes a night, rather than playing 12 on the third pair in Montreal and maybe not getting the time he needs to fully work through everything. And I think uh, the Canadians will do that. Um, My last down, I I wrote my coffin, which just feels like cheating at this point, but uh, the Canadians power play still kind of perplexes me a little bit in that the games I've been able to watch the, the system doesn't seem to work and they can't get set up. They, that's their issue is that if they cannot gain the zone. They're forcing things. You know, there's a lack of patience and I get it. There's probably a frustration and everything to it that we want to score. We want to do this. We want to do this. And they aren't able to do that. So people just start firing pucks. They start going the other way. They start going out of the zone and it just goes to composure a little bit. Sometimes, you know, take that breath and kind of relax a little bit. There's too much shooting talent on here. Uh, and I look at what I saw in the game against the Jets. I know that they lost, but I thought Evgeny Dodonov, Brendan Gallagher, and Christian Dvorak were a good trio. And on the power play, Evgeny Dodonov seems like the guy to operate and slow the game down the way it needs to be um, in order to you know get the most out of it. Trying to force things at the speed of light. It looks cool. Like, yes, you're passing with authority. And look at how snappy all these passes are. None of that matters if they don't do anything. Passing the puck really hard to each other and not getting any shots on net or just hitting shin pads doesn't mean a damn thing. Unfortunately, I would rather there be more patience and like pick your spots and pick your targets for that. And yes, that comes with just passing it around. It looks neat, but doesn't accomplish anything. You got to find that happy medium. And I think before too long, uh, I'm hoping once the team is actually together, given that they're playing, so there's four more games this week. I figure the last two we'll see as close to a full lineup uh, as the Canadians can put together at this point. I know Sean Monahan has been skating. I know Nick Suzuki is skating. Josh Anderson is over his Spider-Man hand bite thing. Um, so we'll hopefully see some of them soon as well. And we'll see a full strength Montreal Canadiens power play. And hopefully, you know, maybe that's just it. Is that that needs Nick Suzuki as that final piece to get it clicking and running, but I can't say I'm only uh, paid to talk about my opinions on the internet. I'm not paid to po- coach the Montreal Canadiens power play. Cause if I was, you could just at me at Scott Matlow when things go, that is not my middle finger, by the way, I'm trying to point at my name on here. I'm using the wrong hand. There we go. If you want to yell at me about the Canadians power play on Twitter, you can just follow my handle at Scott Matlow for the better part of that. Uh, when we come back, it's not all bad in Montreal. They haven't won a preseason game yet, but there are plenty of, right spots and we're gonna talk about them coming up next all right folks we are back i am solo hosting i am scott matla this is locked on canadians your daily montreal canadians podcast and thank you for sticking with me we are to the three up section of three up three down and first on my list you know it it was always gonna be this cole caulfield is on my up list and of course he is because he has looked so much better this year than he did at almost any point last year. His engagement in all three zones is making him a truly dynamic threat. Uh, The game against the Jets, where he had a goal, I noticed him heavily in the offensive zone getting shots, and Arvid Holm was admittedly very good in that game, denying Caulfield on several chances. But where I've noticed Caulfield the most so far is His engagement, back-checking and playing defense and helping facilitate plays where he is not directly involved that get him involved as quick as possible. You should always want your shooters to want the puck. And Cole Caulfield wants the puck. And the best way for him to do that is to help get it out of the defensive zone to help break up plays the other way so he can get the puck back on the stick and continue shooting. And that's something I like because he was never a bad defensive player, but he's someone that had to learn the nuances of it And it seems he's picking up a little bit more on those. I'm not going to say he's going to be a selkie winger, far from it. But if he can become a more cromulent defensive player here, I think that there's a lot of good that that's going to do because it takes some of the burden off Nick Suzuki to do so much defensive lifting. And I really like Caulfield. He looks dangerous. He looks very shifty. He looks creative. And that's what Martin St. Louis wants. He wants people to play to their strengths and to play with space and to play with pace. And Caulfield is doing all those things. Caulfield is the embodiment of what Martin St. Louis wants out of this hockey team. And if we, if he wants a hockey team of Cole Caulfields, then cool, I'm all for that. But just have one like Uri Slavkovsky. So it's like duck, 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 goose. And I think that's a good time out there. Caulfield to me has been really impressive so far this preseason. I think he's obviously going to keep that top line spot. And I think he's going to hit 30 goals this year, uh, assuming health, no lockdowns, anything like that but I think he's going to be a breakout star this season. He already was very much in the back half of last season, but I think this year the NHL is going to learn to respect Cole Caulfield a whole lot more than they might already do. Uh, My next one, uh, Jesse Alonan. Anyone who's followed this podcast knows that when I cover the Rocket, I cannot help but fawn fan, fawn, whatever, over Jesse Alonan. He has all the skills – To be a top six NHL player, he's got the skating, he's got the shot, he's got the handles with the stick. His pass to Rem Pitlick in that Senators game, cross zone, on a tee for a slap shot, was beautiful. And that's what you want from him. You want these young guys to try riskier plays that lead to higher danger chances. You should always want them to make the best play possible. And like I said with Caulfield, that's what Martin St. Louis wants. He doesn't want to coach the guy with the puck. He wants to coach the other four guys because that's where the puck is going. And if he is instilled in one guy playing without the puck that, hey, get here, get here, put yourselves in these positions so that these younger guys try these higher risk plays, I'm all for that. I want to see Jesse and making more saucer passes like that. He can shoot. He can also pass. He's a very good playmaker, and I know that there's a very crowded NHL lineup right now, but if I'm the Montreal Canadiens, I am trying to figure out a way as soon as possible to get Yessie Alonan in this lineup and get him on my power play. Add that dynamic element because that's skating... He will go coast to coast and make it look easy. And then he will, you know, just wire a slap shot one timer and make it look easy. He will feed a no look pass and make it look easy. If they give him the right spot, giving him someone like a Kirby Doc who can win board battles or someone like a Uri Slavkovsky in the opposite wing who's going to open up space for his shooting abilities is going to be so, so good for this team. He did really well playing with Jean Sebastian D and Raphael Harvey Penard last year. Teams were focused on him, allowing his line mates to open up space for themselves. If he doesn't have to be the sole focus on a line, he's going to open up those opportunities. And I think if he's in Laval, uh, someone like Anthony Richard as his center is going to give him a lot of help. Uh, I would stick him. I would run a RHP Richard. Yolonne in line in Laval, depending on what your Slavkovsky does too. You could put him opposite there. Like I was saying, there are a lot of options. Someone like Jan Mieshek might not even bad for them and drop him down the lineup a little bit to get those easier matchups. But yes, he alone is someone who's impressing me and I think is pressing to try and stay in the NHL right now, which is going to force Kent Hughes and the staff to make some tough calls here in the following week, as we get closer and closer to opening night. And my final one uh, is Arbor Jack. And we've talked a lot about Arbor Jack I, on the show. We've talked about the good, you know, he's physical, he stands up for his teammates. He's, you know, does well with the skating and other things we've talked about the bad, the lack of composure, sometimes not reading plays. Well, since the first game of the rookie showcase, I've watched him take step forwards in each game in that his reading and composure of plays is getting so much better that I'm not worried about him stepping up to make every single hit. He is picking his spots, and when he picks them, he finishes those hits, and he finishes them with authority, and he's not taking dumb penalties. Uh, Logan Stanley, you know, getting in that kerfuffle with Kirby Dock during the Jets game last week, Jack, I wanted in there, but he didn't overstep his bounds. He let him know that he was there. The officials were letting pulling him out, and he didn't let himself take a penalty, something that, you know, is a little bit more maturity because, you know, he wants to get at that guy for hitting his teammate and doing what he did. But there's no reason to put yourself in a worse spot there. And to kind of uh, parlay off of that, Caden Gooley, I think, is making the NHL roster out of camp. I I don't see any reason why not at this point. He's been mature. He skates. He shoots better than I could have imagined. His offensive game is farther along than I anticipated it being. And Laura and I have said on the show we've been wrong about Caden Gooley a lot. Uh, but he and Arbor Jackeye are, I think, the closest with Jordan Harris to making this team as it stands right now. I think Jacki, like Barron, could use a little bit of AHL seasoning, eat some minutes, get used to a full-fledged game where, you know, it's not the preseason where guys are going to pull up on things that where the games matter and work on your skills and your talent here. And I really do think before long uh, we're going to see that call-up. You're going to see number 72 patrolling the blue line, mean-mugging every guy that comes within five feet of him And I'm here for that. And I think Caden Gooley will be making this team out of camp as well. Um, As always, sound off in the comments below uh, with your three up and three down for this week. Uh, Tell me I'm crazy, but do it nicely because otherwise we're just going to remove your comments because... No one needs to be a jerk on the internet, unfortunately. Uh, You can follow the podcast at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter, Lockdown Canadians on YouTube. You can follow myself at Scott Metla. You can follow my co-host at The Active Stick. I know she is away on business right now, so she may not be around as much. Uh, I will be back with another show after the Maple Leafs game on Monday night. We will probably preview the Sens game, talk about the Leafs game, maybe do some of those mailbag questions that are kicking around. I'll get into all of that. When you're done checking me out, please go check out Lockdown NHL, where all of our local experts have you covered on all the breaking news and stories around the league and the world of hockey. All right, everybody. I'll see you all next time.